0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I never do that. It's only 30 minutes a day. I bring it every day for you guys that we've got any of these shows, even money for the betting stuff, fantasy fees for fantasy football, both of which, by the way, are year-round, and I really enjoy the conversations we get to in the offseason. College draft, of course, this is Emory Hunt's time to shine. Love Emory on the college draft, which is good timing, by the way, because we are starting – Our draft series with the civilian goat Greg Cosell today here on the Ross Tucker football podcast among other things I'll announce the spread the word winner the sponsor confirmation email winner and the YouTube shout out winner I just did a uh, YouTube shout out for Lori Willett Um, I'll announce all those a little bit later in the show I don't like to make Greg wait I'd like to dive right into it with Greg. We are presented by DraftKings, and it is Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, you are one. By the way, everybody knows Greg. He's NFL Films legend, NFL matchup show. You check him out on social media, at Greg Cosell. If you're not familiar with Greg, then, well, I'm glad you're listening to the show for the first time. That's amazing. Thank you for coming, because Greg's with us every week, year-round, because he's the man. Um, Greg, you're one of the few people I think that really knows coaches. And yeah. not only talking with them, but I mean you have a pretty good feel from studying them for years, what to expect from certain coaches. I guess I'm I'm curious when like the Arizona Cardinals hire Drew Petzing, the quarterback coach from the Browns as OC, or Nick Rallis. The, court, the linebacker coach from the Eagles as their D.C., these guys have no track record. So, Correct. number one, do you have an idea of what to expect from them? Or number two, are you just kind of excited to see what they're all about, what they bring to the table? Because you don't really know.
1: Russ, before we do that, I just want to tell you that at the Super Bowl, and I meant to tell you this last week, you know, they, they have the big NFL tailgate party, which I you know I get to go to. And I want to tell you that so many people recognize me from being with you. So I just want to tell you that that it was really nice that that's how they recognize me. And uh, so I just want to share that with you. I'm oh, that's that, like, awesome! With...
0: I love it. Yeah. Well, your um your clips on social media for sure do very very well. And Jack's done a great job of helping us spread those.
1: So getting back to coaches, young coaches. You really don't look, – look, Nick Raelis, I've heard great things about him, okay, because he was with the Eagles. I've never met him personally. I don't know if you have, you know, because I know you do the Eagles preseason games, so I don't know if you've had a chance to speak with him at any point. Um, but obviously he does not have a lot of experience with different schemes and different systems, and Jonathan Gannon is the head coach, and it will be his scheme, even though he has announced that Nick Raelis will be the the play caller on defense, but he's essentially – going to be dealing with Jonathan Gannon's scheme. Now, again, we don't know how he'll call certain situations. We know that play calling very often comes down to situational football. Young coaches, because they don't have a lot of background, Ross, in different systems, and there's one coach I want to get to in a minute, which is a little different. We'll get to the Tampa Bay offensive coordinator in a second. Um, But young coaches like that, you don't really know because they don't have a lot of experience. I was told years ago by a veteran coach who's no longer coaching, but coached in the NFL for almost 40 years and probably coached 50 years total uh, close to it, that coaches coach what they know. And that makes really good sense. And I even heard Todd Monkin say that in a press conference this week. And Todd Monkin is obviously the new OC for the Browns. Um, and he was making the point that, hey, you coach what you know. And, young coaches will do that more than veteran coaches who've maybe been exposed to more systems.
0: That's interesting. Um, You know, people always want experience and I get that, but I wonder if, and and I know the Eagles felt this way, Greg, I know they did Um, in 2021. They feel like there's a competitive advantage when it's new coaches and young coaches that don't have a track record right you know I know the Eagles did not want to showcase what Steichen and Gannon were going to do in training camp or the preseason in 2021 because they felt like for the first few games people wouldn't really have a very good idea of what they were going to do and you know that's fair as well um you know Steichen
1: obviously was an OC with a totally different kind of quarterback than Jalen Hurts so um you know, in in that sense, even though he's still a young coach, and now he's obviously the head coach in Indy, and he just hired a guy I know pretty well, Jim Bob Cooter. I don't know if you got a chance to know him in the one year he was with Philly. He was with um, uh, Jacksonville last year, but he was also the OC when Matthew Stafford had three really, really good years in Detroit. So, uh, but Steichen is someone that has a background with different kinds of quarterbacks. So, you know, you don't know what he's going to run. First of all, we don't even know who their quarterback is. So we don't know what he's going to do. But the point about young coaches not having, you know, a a strong sample size, um, so other teams don't know for sure what they're going to do, that makes sense as well. The flip side of that argument is there's a lot of people who believe, and there's no right or wrong to this stuff, Ross, obviously. The flip side is that, hey, if you're a young head coach, first-time head coach, a lot of people believe you should hire veteran coordinators. Obviously, Jonathan Gannon did not feel that way.
0: And that, like I said, there's no right or wrong here. Um, Any of the recent coordinator hires really jump out to you before yeah. we dive into the quarterbacks? Anybody that really you took note of?
1: I'm fascinated by Dave Canales in Tampa because he was with the Seahawks for 13 years, and he was exposed To many different systems. You know, the last number of years it was Shane Waldron was the OC who came from the Rams brian schottenheimer was there you know i can't, i'm trying to remember who was there before i guess daryl bevel so he was exposed to many different systems ross so again we don't know what he's going to do what he loves you know it's like bands and music when you start up and you know you spend your time you know if you're a rock band you listen to all the 70s classic rock you listen to the 80s and then you decide hey what do i really like how do i want my what do i want my sound to be you know canalis has a lot in his background And I'm really curious. Obviously, they're probably looking somewhere along the line for a quarterback as well, and that can dictate the approach you take or what you stress um, and emphasize more so than other things. But I'm really curious to see what he does in Tampa because he has a multiple background with many different systems.
0: uh, Will be interesting for sure. You know, it's pretty unbelievable, Greg. Just one last thing. I saw where... Vic Fangio is getting four and a half million dollars a year to be a coordinator, uh, with the Miami dolphins. Um, look, we, as you and I always say, the money is the money, the markets, the market. It's just, uh, yeah, it just goes to show you how important franchises now think those positions are.
1: Oh, no question. I mean, and Vic Fangio, uh, he was, even though he did not coach this year, he was consulting quite a bit uh, with a number of teams. And he's, you know, he's considered a savant when it comes to defense. He's been doing it a long time. Um, I've gotten a chance to speak to Vic briefly over the years. Uh, you know, not enough to say that I know him well, but he is definitely considered a savant, Ross. He's considered one of those guys. And, you know, that's a really good hire for
0: Mike McDaniel. So we'll talk more about quarterbacks um next week and you'll actually be at the combine so you'll see if some of these guys throw you might be able to see some of them throw in person maybe not I guess I'm just curious we'll talk more about it next week Greg but anybody at any level you ever talk to they talk about how important it is to see the person throw live in person you know when it's college recruiters for high school kids, yep. NFL scouts for they got they want to see the ball come off their hand, which I think a lot of people would say like I, I don't get it. You've watched them, you know, you've watched the tape of every throw a guys ever made. Why do you feel like that's so important, Greg? Or maybe you don't. I don't know. <clears throat> um,
1: you know, everybody says that. Uh, you know, you probably get a different feel. Look, I sit here in my office at NFL Films and I watch a ton of tape. That's what I do. You know, and and I'm in the process right now of finishing up Anthony Richardson. um, And I've seen a number of the other quarterbacks and I watched a bunch of them last summer as well from their 2021 tape. Um, But I think you get a different feel. And I'll give you a great example. I remember the year Josh Allen and Sam Darnold came out. The night before the quarterbacks worked out, Jordan Palmer, who worked with both guys and still does, I believe, um, he invited me to the second floor in, in the dome uh, in Indy uh, because he was just going through a workout with Allen and Darnold because they were going to throw the next day. That was the quarterback day, and standing next to Josh Allen and watching him throw—and granted, he's one of you know he's just one of those guys in terms of arm strength it's a different experience than watching him on film. Obviously on film you say he's got a great arm because, you know, he does. But standing next to him, I mean, I was standing two feet away from him while he's throwing a football. It just – it's a different feeling. And I think, you know, you don't necessarily come away with a different view. I knew he had a great arm from tape, but you just come away – it's more visceral. You just feel it differently when you stand next to a guy watching him throw a football.
0: Let's dive into um, the top top guys, Greg. Do you do you have a guy from what you've watched? A lot of people thinking there might even be four first round picks out of these quarterbacks. Is there a guy that you've watched that that really jumps out to you? You know, it, it, it's really interesting for me, Ross, because
1: you know there's always things I think about when I watch because you know if you if you pulled you know 15 quarterback coaches in the nfl and you said give me the the 12 traits that you know are are important for a quarterback in the nfl they probably have the same list of traits the question becomes how what value do they ascribe to those traits you know some quarterbacks might ascribe value and say hey if he can't throw it from the pocket on third and nine he can't play in this league if he can't stand there and deliver when there are bodies around him he can't play in this league Another coach might say, Hey, you know, the way the game has changed, if he can't move around, he's going to have a hard time. So it really comes down to what value do you ascribe to certain traits? Um, and, you know, you look at, and, and I'll speak to Anthony Richardson because I'm in the process of sort of finishing him up. Now I watched him last summer, every play that he had, cause he wasn't the starter. And now I'm, I'm watching seven, eight games from this year. And he is being talked about as a high level traits quarterback. and, And I'm going to have this conversation with coaches at the Combine. So when you say that, what are you saying? Um, Richardson obviously has a big, big arm, and he's a big guy, and he can run. So you're talking size, arm strength, and running ability. Um, He's really not particularly good from the pocket at this point. He's very scattershot in terms of his ball placement. So how do you weigh those traits, Ross? You know, And that comes down to how coaches see it. Can you teach Anthony Richardson the subtleties, the nuances, the details of playing quarterback because you feel really good about the fact that, man, this guy can threaten defenses all over the field. He can run. I mean, he had an 80-yard touchdown run against LSU. You don't really see that with quarterbacks. Um, So, you know, it all comes down to how you see traits. Then you'll look at someone like Bryce Young who I think is a terrific, terrific football player. I think the way he plays the position is high level, but he's going to be 5'11", 5'11 and a half, maybe 200 pounds. So is he an outlier? Is he an exception? But then you put the tape on, and and first of all, if you meet the kid, the kid is absolutely special, Um, and I've met the kid, and I know know the parents, the kid's unbelievable. But how do you deal with 5'11", maybe 198 pounds? You know, that's a, that, that will be a discussion in draft rooms. And I'm not saying he won't be drafted high because the tape is so, so good in all areas. He knows how to play quarterback. He changed plays at the line of scrimmage. He understands defense. He understands everything. You know, but the, that's that's a big question. You know, his size is a question.
0: You know, nobody asked me. Nobody cares what I think. I, no, I just, that's not true, Russ. No, I, here's what I would say. The guy, he doesn't take that many big shots because he has a subtle way of avoiding them a lot, number one. Number two, you know, I've heard this stuff with some receivers recently. You know, Devontae Smith, Smith, his ankles were too skinny. He was too skinny. I think the game has changed in the sense that, you know, the lighter you are, Greg – A lot of times the easier it is to move around, you know, to get in and out of your break. You know, there is receivers that they use to say, oh, he's an outlier. He only weighs 165 pounds at receiver or Hollywood Brown or any of these guys. You know, the the job of that position receiver is to get open. And I think sometimes with those guys not carrying as much weight, it's easier for them to get in and out of their breaks when they're running their routes. And And I think for a quarterback like Bryce Young – yeah. I mean, would it be nice if he was 220? Yeah, but if he was 220, he probably wouldn't be able to make guys miss and have those subtle movements that he's able to do because he's only 195.
1: Yeah, and, and two quick points. By, by the way, there's a receiver in this draft like that named Tank Dell from the University of Houston. We'll get to receivers down the road. But the point you made about Bryce Young is 100% correct, Ross. He has a great feel for where people are. He has a great feel for spatial awareness. Um he He finds places to deliver the football. He just that's an innate feel that he has. Um, you know Patrick Mahomes has that as well. Now Mahomes is a bigger man. Mahomes has a tremendous feel for space and where people are, and we know how phenomenal he is at doing that. Young is not as big a man as Mahomes, but Young has that same kind of special innate feel and Uh, we'll see, you know, look, all I'm saying is, and and like I said, I think his tape is phenomenal. I love the player on tape, but it will be a conversation just like Devonta Smith was a conversation. It seems silly now because he's a really good player, but it's a conversation only
0: because they are exceptions. Two more guys. I want to ask you about for sure. This episode, we'll get to more and your thoughts from the combine next week which is very exciting because you'll be talking to coaches and you'll be watching some of these guys. Um, let's talk C.J. Stroud, Greg. Yeah.
1: C.J. <clears throat> Stroud is throws the ball really, really well. He's – he's um, I wouldn't say has a gun, but he can make every single throw. He has a great feel for pace and touch, um, which is a really important trait. See, there's there's a more refined, subtle trait – That is really important to have. Someone like Anthony Richardson does not have a feel for pace and touch. He can't really feather and layer throws when it's demanded. And, you know, let's say you're throwing a shallow cross. You can't throw that 100 miles an hour. Um, Stroud has a really natural feel for what kind of throw is required, and he can make those throws. Um, The question you always face with quarterbacks at um, Ohio State, and this is not Ryan Day's fault. His job is to win games at Ohio State, is – the quarterbacks at Ohio State are rarely under any pressure, and the system is so good that the, the throws are really well-defined and clear. And, you know, then when they get to the NFL, it's not quite that simple. Um, and we've seen Ohio State quarterbacks at times struggle with that. Uh, you know, I'm not saying C.J. Stroud will or won't. That's just, as I said, these are all conversations that will be had in meetings as teams now start their draft preparation and go to the Combine. But Stroud throws a really pretty ball. Um, you know, I think there'll be a lot of people that really like him just because of the way he throws.
0: Last guy I wanted to ask you about, and I, I totally agree about the Ohio State guys. I, I'm not blaming them, but I've told you this before. Every game you watch, there's, like, no pressure on them, and the receiver is, like, wide open. It's like, that's touchdown. <clears throat> right. Um, now, I will say this. He moved a lot better than I thought and played a lot better than I thought against Georgia.
1: And that's the game people will look at because prior to that game, people felt like this guy does not have the kind of movement that would be required at some point in the NFL.
0: Last guy is Will Levis. Another one that seems to be, man, some people are really, really high on him and others are not. He seems to maybe be the most polarizing him and Richardson, I guess.
1: Because then you get into this, the specific traits, as we, as I said, when we started this, He's big, he's physical, and he has a, a great arm. Um, so you look at those things and then you say, okay, I can make him a quarterback. Now he played in two NFL systems. He had Liam Cohen, who was there two years ago when he had the better year. He had R- Rich Scaringella, who was there this year. Um, and you probably know who that is. He was with the Eagles for one year. He's been in the NFL for years. Didn't quite have the same year that he had the year prior. Um But he's one of those traits, guys. Now, he's tough as nails, supposedly a great kid. You know, the tape tells you he's really tough and physical. Um, I need to do more work on him from this year, so we'll get to that. So I don't want to say things that I haven't quite seen yet from this past year. Um, I know just from seeing some TV games, and I don't know the reason for this, but it seemed to me that there were too many times he got stuck in the pocket and got sacked. Now, again, I I can't speak to the reason for that until I see the tape. Um, But he's, you know, 6'3", 235, a whip of an arm, physical, running ability, good athlete. Um, You know, there are going to be people who love him and believe that, you know what, we'll make this guy a really good quarterback.
0: Interesting. Well, when you get a chance to watch more of him from this year, then I'm going to, and maybe it'll be next week or whatever, I'm going to, I want to, Circle back on him because yeah. I am curious to see what you think of him from this year. He's the great Greg Cosell at Greg Cosell. He'll be joining us from his hotel room, probably at the Combine. More than likely, week? yes. Uh, which will be great. Really, really looking forward to that. Love, love when you're on the scene. And I'll make sure to uh to ask you more about Levis next week. Great stuff on Stroud Richardson. And Bryce Young, for sure. Thank you so much, Greg. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. You know what I bet Greg will do next week at the Combine? I bet he'll have some Labatt Blue Lights because the Combine is absolutely a time where you get together with friends, fellow coaches, fellow people in the industry, and drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA.
2: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tux takes. All right, Ross. We'll start with a flurry of moves in Tennessee where they release offensive tackle Taylor Lewan, wide receiver Robert Woods, kicker Randy Bullock, linebacker Zach Cunningham, clearing close to Look 30. at
0: you. Look <laughs> at you, Jack. You got a big smile on your face when you said Lewan right. That was so oh, cute man you said <laughs> "Luan," and you kind of like looked at me like i got
2: it i did it i mean what were you practicing that or what i i went back i watched game film i literally went back and i'm like all right whatever i'll say it's just because i had to like fight my accent i say lawan "Luan," like however i said it improperly i can't change it now but i like literally had to type it out i don't know what that word is but like how it said i forget exactly that phrase that's love. like
0: l-u-h but no, like Love. the
2: phrasing, like when you say it, like I forget exactly, like when you type out a word, but you type it out like how it's pronounced, not how like what they have in the dictionary. Phonetically, phonetically, that's what. It is. But yeah. anyways, the Titans cleared close to thirty-eight million dollars in cap space with that move and forty-two million in cash. Right.
0: Well, they needed it, and they they're in uh, a bad spot from a cap standpoint. This will help them out. A little bit. Woods didn't do a whole lot for them. Uh, Bullock is a kicker that, whatever, they can get another kicker. That saves $2 bucks. Zach Cunningham's interesting. Made a lot of tackles for them. Uh, but they've got some other guys like David Long that they like. You know, sounds like Taylor Lewan is going to retire, by the way. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, you know, tweeted like, man, I'm going to miss your uh, antics in the huddle. Um, congratulations on a great career. can't wait to see what's next. That doesn't sound like he's going to go to another team. That sounds like he's done playing pro football, but we'll have to see. Uh, Taylor does have a uh, popular podcast that he's done well with, so he's kind of already ready for the next phase of his life if he want through that. It feels like he's gotten banged up a lot you know between his shoulders and his knee. it just feels like he has had to fight through a bunch of injuries takes
2: the Seattle Seahawks signed special team's captain Nick Bellure to a contract extension
0: what a cool player I mean he plays linebacker plays fullback and is their best special teamer and the Seahawks value him and they're paying him a decent amount of money for a special teamer because of all the all the hats he can wear that's a good lesson in life they always say that when you're an NFL player the more you can do and I think Nick's realizing that Takes.
2: The New England Patriots signed right tackle Connor McDermott to a two-year contract extension.
0: So I can kind of speak to this, Jack, because I was one of these guys once. But what happens is McDermott's been bounced around a lot. He's been cut a bunch. So if a team is going to offer you a pretty decent contract, that basically guarantees you're on the team the next year, that is really hard to turn down when you've been up and down practice squads and stuff. That's kind of what I did in Buffalo after my third year, which happened to be the third straight year my head coach had been fired and was my third team. And they gave me a three-year contract extension that pretty much put me in a good spot for that first year. So I did it. So I, I, uh, I signed the deal, and I'm, I'm glad... That I did. I'm also glad when we get email questions, Jack. And I like that we have time today to get to another one. I still, by the way, will announce the winners after we get to this email.
1: Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, well here's, here's your, your chance.
0: chance. It's time to ask Ross. Said this yesterday, but the email address is ross at ross com. Absolutely love when you guys take advantage of any of the sponsors on the sponsor page at Ross and send it to me. That's amazing. And of course that's how you can hit me up. If you'd like to advertise on the show or if you're looking for me for a speaking engagement or whatever, always Ross at Ross What do you have Jack?
2: So this question is from Keith Anderson, who says, Dear Ross, do you feel like rookie offensive linemen have a larger spotlight on them from the referees, especially when matching up against more established or superstar defensive linemen and get penalized more frequently? Similarly, along the same line, do you feel like having a superstar offensive lineman can distract the refs and hide some penalties from the less established teammates because they have tougher, more interesting matchups with defensive superstars? Thank you for your invaluable insight.
0: So essentially... Keith is asking kind of like the NBA question, right? Which is, do better players, do star players get more leeway from the officials? And I I think I would say no, Keith. If they do, it's very slight and subconscious. I just don't think there's too many players out there and Lyman, in particular, aren't like well enough known for them to really feel that way. I think what happens is that better players are typically better at hiding their holding. You know what I mean? I think I think they I think that's one of the reasons why they're a better player. They they do a better job with their hands of sneaking the holding, as opposed to younger players. I'll give an example: Landon Dickerson. Is, uh, was a Pro Bowler this year for the Eagles. He had seven holding penalties. So he's just not as good as Kelsey or Lane Johnson at you know utilizing his hands better and figuring out what they're going to call at this level and what they're not going to call. So he's a Pro Bowl player, but had a bunch of penalties. Good question. They're looking for very specific things with where your hands are and whether or not you're restricting movement. Um, And I don't think there's like the NBA factor. Now there might be a D lineman that is a really well-known guy and he complains, complains, complains. And eventually, you know, maybe that helps him a little bit as opposed to if he was some guy, the ref didn't know complaining, complaining. Uh, But I don't think it's, I think it's very subtle. If anything, I also think it's time to give out some winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. I also want people that want to check out the other shows. College Draft, Even Money, Fantasy Feast. Andrew Brand's Business of Sports this week was awesome. That's what you do tomorrow, Friday or Saturday or Sunday till we're back again bright and early Monday morning. You check out some of these other shows that you've either never checked out before or you haven't checked out in a while because I think you'll enjoy them. Just like I enjoy Russell Vitrano. Gave us a five-star rating on Spotify. That's exactly what I asked for. Russell, email me, ross at rosstucker.com. Need your address and which press pass you would like. How about Jim Marjorie? Jim, I think you might have uh, I think you might have said which press pass you want, but please email me again with your um, mailing address. Jim sent me a magazine or is going to send me a magazine, sent me a picture of Labatt from 1978 in like a game program. It's incredible. That counts to me as a sponsor confirmation email winner. You can send that, Jim. I mean, I can email you the address too, but it's the address, the P.O. box over at gobigrecruiting.com. If you want to send that to me, that would be amazing. YouTube shout out, Tom Tatarka. Tom, let me know who you want the shout out for. Love doing those videos for you guys. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Other shout outs, go to myfrontpagestory.com. The greatest gift you can get any loved one for anything. I got my birthday coming up next Thursday. Maybe somebody will get me a story from myfrontpagestory.com. Backoffisscheduler.com, Evergreen Economics, go-bangles.com, steakhousesports.com, humanheadnyc.com. Sporter culture and Pizza Boy Brewing. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, Rostucker.com, or wherever
1: podcasts can be found.